Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. Santa Monica Hostel at 8.30 for the comedy and English show. A lot of tourists come to that, but it's fun and it's in Santa Monica, so come through. On March 20th, I'm going to be at the Pasadena Comedy as part of the Normal Comedy Show, which is a great variety show put together by Kelly Riley, and that is at 7 p.m., and I'm going to be doing a longer set on that day. I'm going to be doing 15 minutes, so if you'd like to come and watch me do some proper stand-up comedy, that is the day to come and catch me. It is uh, Sunday right now that when I'm recording this, I am very tired. I don't even know why. I think I have allergies. I think it's allergy season. And I used to pride myself on not getting allergies, but here I am sniffling and sneezing, nose full of snot. I hate it. I hate the way it makes me sound. I hate sneezing all the time. I don't even use tissues anymore. I just hold an old t-shirt and I just blow my snot into that. I used my, one of my, a pair of my leggings as a tissue and I just blew my snot into my old pair of leggings. I'm sorry, is this too disgusting? But hey, at least I'm saving money on tissues, huh? I don't even know what's going on with my immune system at the moment. I am not eating well. I am... I'm not particularly stressed out, but I think in my subconscious I am because my right eye has not stopped twitching for the last like two, three weeks. And again, I don't have anything specifically bothering me. Like there isn't necessarily a deadline. I'm not, you know, it's usually a deadline that causes these eye twitches, but you know, there's no deadline per se. And I can't, I don't know what it could be. I mean, I have some inkling. I think it has to do with, you know, being unemployed still and not having a source of income. And yeah, that would generate anybody um, some anxiety. But I, I, I normally keep it together. So the fact that this is happening to me now is cause for concern. A little concern, not a lot. I, I have been having some nightmares the last couple of weeks. They're not like so bad you know they're nightmares in the sense that they're not pleasant dreams like there is a lot of violence going on but um you know i don't wake up like in distress and in a you know like i, I don't i don't wake up covered in sweat or anything dramatic like that so that's good i guess i'm trying to say that I, i'm just counting my blessings at the moment uh yesterday i was in malibu i went to malibu because i wanted to visit the a Hindu temple there and it was very beautiful. I just I didn't go inside because I don't know what I would do once I go inside. Like everybody was like taking off their shoes and washing their feet and I just I just didn't want to do the whole shebang cuz uh quite frankly I was too shy. I was too shy to do it. So I just looked at it from the outside and I just, you know, took it in and then I went to Solstice Canyon for a nice hike. And during my hike I listened to 3 uh, comedy albums by Asian women, Asian American and Asian Canadian women. 
And what I noticed is that there is no real list of Asian American female comedians. I don't know why, but there just isn't one. And that bums me out. And so I'm thinking of like making a list uh, because we're here. We out, we out here. Okay. Maybe I'll do that for May uh, for Asian Pacific Heritage Month. And uh, I listened to Margaret Cho's 1996 album called Drunk With Power, which is a very good album. I listened, I listened to that. I listened to an album called um, Something About My Grandmother. It's by this woman named uh, Andrea Jin. She's, uh, she's Canadian. And um, she's Chinese-Canadian. And uh, she's a good writer. I listened to Atsuko Okatsuka's albums. She has two. One of them is called They Call Me Stacy. The other one is called I Can't Remember. But I really loved the They Call Me Stacy album. I thought that was an excellent, excellent comedy album by an Asian American woman. So if you're an Asian American woman, I recommend that album because she talks about something that's very sensitive for immigrant immigrant anybody anybody who's an immigrant which is our name and how we are sort of forced to anglicize our names for the convenience of english-speaking people and um, it's a really tricky thing to deal with because it's your name it's your identity and it's given to you by your parents or your grandparents somebody in your family and in the context of Asian names, like in Japanese or Chinese or in Korean, uh, all of us depend on the Sino characters. Not all of us, but most of us. We depend on the Chinese characters, which has depth of meaning. So my Korean name, which is Cheong Hyunju, Cheong, my surname, stands for nation. It's Nara Cheong, so it stands for nation. And then uh, Hyun stands for benevolence. Oji uh, Hyun. It can also mean like dizzy like ojirowa. So it can mean like benevolence or dizzy. And then there's chu, which is kusu chu, means roundness, means beauty. It usually is um, reference to pearls. So my name has this depth of meaning, but nobody could pronounce hyunju in the United States. So I was given this anglicized name, Grace, when I was age 13, 12 or 13. And then my dad was just like, yeah, your name's Grace now. I was like, why? Who says? He's like, the pastor says. Our reverend gave you that name. I'm like, literally every single Korean girl's name is fucking Grace or Esther. Why would you name me Grace? Like, that's so unoriginal. Like, he didn't even think about it. And for about like, I don't know, I would say about five to six years, I really struggled with my name, Grace. And I told everybody who meant, like, who were close to me in the Korean American community, I told all of them to just call me Hyunju because I couldn't stand being called Grace. Uh, I just let white people call me Grace, you know? And when the white people in my schools, like when I was in middle school and high school, when they found out that my name, my legal name was actually Hyunju, they fucking, they would not stop teasing me about it. Like, I went to a really racist middle school and high school in Pearl River, New York, so... Yeah, these fucking Irish Catholic kids, like, they just did not fucking let me down. I mean, they just, yeah, would not leave me alone about it. So Atsuko Okatsuka talks about this in her album. And I 
really admired her method of dealing with something so painful in such a playful and light-hearted way. That's what that's what I like about Atsuko Okatsuka's comedy is that she is not she's not uh like a dark comedian. She, like despite what she comes from, there's a lot of I mean, you know, trauma from what what I could tell like based on her stories about her family. She never leans into the dark she always leans into the light and that's something i genuinely appreciate about her because that's a very deliberate choice and i'm into it i dig it i also saw atsuko katsuka in a film called little rock which is an indie film set in little rock arkansas where she plays a japanese uh young lady who, like a teenager or something who is visiting Arkansas to um, see the uh, Japanese um, imprisoned camps, um, her grandfather's memorial, essentially, uh, because there were a lot of um, Japanese prisoners who were interned in those areas in Arkansas and in Arizona and in uh, Southern California. So that was a really interesting film and i only put it together recently that that she was the star of that film and she was very good in it so anyway uh, i'm a fan i'm a fan so i think uh, i want to generate greater awareness of asian american female stand-up comedians um for instance like when i typed in asian american female comedians like fucking aquafina came up and like look i don't have any beef with aquafina i think she's hilarious but she's a rapper okay she's a musician She's a musician first and then an actress. She's not a comic, all right? I don't think she has any comedic training. You know, I don't think she's been to any stand-up open mics or anything like that. Maybe she has, I don't know. But, you know, she's more of a comedic actress. That's what she is. She's not a stand-up, all right? But in any case, I should talk about this fucking K-drama now. Uh, the show I want to talk about now is called Dinner Mate. It's a K-drama from NBC that came out in the year 2020. And it aired right smack in the middle of a pandemic. Full on, like in, in May. So like the spring of that year. Spring to early summer is when this was airing. So Song Seung Eun stars in it. And Seo Jie is his opposite. This is a show that focuses on a couple of things that are very pandemic themed. The first is mental health. Because Song Seung Eun plays a psychiatrist slash chef who weirdly uses food as a therapy tool. And the other is digital content made by influencers. And uh, Seo Jie plays a producer of digital content made by influencers. So very, very pandemic relevant, right? Because quite a few social media celebrities were born during the pandemic, as we recall. I was in a very strange headspace during this show's airing, but I do remember being excited about it because Seo Jie, as everyone knows, stars as Tami in crash landing on you she plays Hun Jin's nemesis competing for Hyunbin's character's love on that show I've seen Seo Jie in a really insane show called The Black Knight which I'm not sure if I can even cover on this podcast because that show was so batshit uh, maybe I will just because it, it was like campy and funny maybe I will but Seo Jie played a villain on that show she played this weird time travel sorceress type of character opposite Shin Sehyung and um yeah wow what a show but that's the only other show i saw her in. it's that one in crash landing on you i personally am not sure if sajia has the qualities of a lead female actress what makes a good lead actress on a korean drama 
I don't know, let's explore this. It's hard to pinpoint. It's like trying to figure out what sets apart a power diva from a pop singer, huh? Like Whitney Houston, power diva. Taylor Swift, pop singer. Mariah Carey, power diva. Katy Perry, pop singer. Celine Dion, power diva. Billie Eilish, pop singer. Christina Aguilera, power diva. Britney Spears, pop singer. That may be more controversial, but I stand by it. Adele, power diva. Gwen Stefani, pop singer. That again may be controversial, but I stand by it. Is it age that sets apart a power diva from a pop singer? Not necessarily because here is Adele versus Gwen Stefani. Is it range? Is it having an alto ring in one's voice? Is it vocal power? Is it soul? I think it's a combination of all of those things that sets apart a power diva from a pop singer. And I think lead actresses need to have a weighty presence on screen. Unfairly, there is greater emphasis on a woman's looks than a man when it comes to actors. And I've seen many ratchet looking men play lead roles on Korean dramas. And I just get confused. Like, for instance, Park Shin Yang, who played the lead male in Lovers in Paris, to this day, I think it's a bizarre choice. All right. He's a great actor uh, and he ended up pulling it off. It was a miracle. But what a risky choice to cast him as a desirable male on a Korean drama on a rom in a rom-com that was really fucking weird Sojie is pretty and her acting ability is just okay but she doesn't leave me wanting more of her there isn't much of a draw when it comes to her Song Seung-un's choices for screen roles they always crack me up and this was another amusing one for me I thought the scenes when he was being like overly gushy and sexual were hilarious uh, I thought it was really, really funny. He impresses me with his level of control as an actor, and he seems to really know how to take direction well. So hats off to Song Seung-un. And uh, this is a show that does take mental health seriously, which I appreciated. I think it's good to talk more about it, but I still think that mental health needs greater awareness around it, and it needs to be normalized. It needs to be accepted more as a common and normal thing in our societies, whether it comes to the U.S. or... To, to Korea, wherever. There should be zero shame associated with mental illness. Um, I don't think there should even be fear associated with mental illness. And that's part of the problem that I have with the show is that there was some like fear mongering around the, um, I don't know, like the antagonist, the male antagonist's mental illness on this show. And I, I didn't appreciate that. Today's guest is Tatenda Mbudzi. He is an LA based comedian, actor, writer, and director. And I see Tatenda almost every single week here in LA where we perform comedy. And it's always fun talking to Tatenda because his background spans across the globe from Africa to Europe to North America. And he is immensely talented. He is so well-trained in, in comedy and he's a, an amazing performer. Every time I see him, it's such a treat. And he's an overall great person. So let's talk to Tatenda. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Not so bad. You know, mm -hmm. I had a, a an audition tape. Oh, how'd that go? Do. It's just, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Going to do my best, right? Yeah. Do you do a lot of uh, self-tapes? I mean, sometimes. Like, I haven't had any for like a week. 
Oh wow, yeah. But, it's a but, re- um, really long time. A week, <laughs> a whole <yeah>. week. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I guess, yeah. Like maybe once. I guess it just it just depends. Sometimes it'll be like a lot back to back, and sometimes it'll be quiet for like two weeks or three I weeks. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah. It's in and it's in and out. Oh. Uh, do you have representation? I. Dude, I have an agent. My manager just uh, dropped me actually recently, which is interesting. What? But it was, I think it was good because I was trying to find a way to get rid of them. Okay. So I think it was actually good mm. timing. Mm. Yeah. Was it management for acting or like anything and everything? Um, no, it's it's just for acting, just okay. for like uh, commercial and theatrical. Yeah, I always struggle with like what the role of a manager is exactly. And mm. like all my friends that I talk to in LA, they always complain about their managers, you know, like they, they're always like, I'm in the process of like getting a new manager or I have a manager, but it doesn't feel like I have a manager. And I'm always mm. like confused. I'm like, okay, so you have an agent who sends you out for stuff. And then well, like, what does the manager do? Like, I'm always confused. Yeah. I guess the manager's supposed to like guide your career and huh. the agent's more about like getting you the job. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, from my understanding. But... Whatever. Good riddance to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I saw that uh, you did a, like, a one-man show or something, like your own kind of theater piece. Is this, is this accurate? Uh, yes. This was in 2019. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I did. What it was, was interesting. It was uh, <laughs> um, it was called the Multi Demon Show, and it was about like I, I'm trying to figure out what it was about. But it was mainly about just doing characters and like channeling characters. Got it. You know, like trying to do like basically trying to use the um, the spiritual elements of the religion I grew up in for like comedy stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and uh, so it was basically just a bunch of characters in a mm. show. Yeah, mm. some stand-up. What is the religion that you grew up with? Uh, so it's, um, it's, it's Christian, but it's mixed with um, traditional beliefs, which involves, like, ancestral... Mm-hmm. I guess I'd, I don't know if worship is the right word, but basically, like, you know, rely on the ancestors... Mm-hmm. And then there's like a there's like s- some spirit channeling, mm. um, like with a medium, mm-hmm. and like a traditional healer kind of situation. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the cornerstone of the church, and they basically help remove whatever like negative spiritual energy has been put on you by like rubbing mm-hmm. you down in holy water. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like it's kind of it's kind of patriarchal but then it was mm-hmm. also started by a woman who, who mm-hmm. goes by like he him pronouns hmm. um like in the 50s and so mm. like, all, all the women wear white and all the men wear like cocky and like wow belts and like fascinating this yeah fascinating was... it's very rare <laughs> that uh christianity and like indigenous sort of religions sort of get melded together you know because it's usually mm-hmm. like one pitted against the other but this is like the conjoinment of this of these two things yeah 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 very conjoined 
Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Cause, uh, in, in Korea, like the way it was is, uh, as these like American missionaries started coming in late 19th century, early 20th century, they were sort of like, sort of shaming like Korean culture and saying like, well, you know, this kind of indigenous religion is backwards and it is anti-Christian, it's anti-God, so you should get rid of it. Also, it's like anti-modernity. They were like, this is very like backwaters, like kind of like barefooted people shit, so get rid of it. And then in the like post-Korean war years, like after the 1950s, as South after North and South Korea split, South Koreans were trying to industrialize very heavily. So like machinery and like factory and all that stuff. And uh, they were like, we need to modernize and think in terms of Western standards. So they started pushing Christianity very heavily because it's like a white man's religion. And all the shamans were basically canceled. I mean, they were considered illegal. So they were all like, yeah, it was like a big witch hunt for the shamans. And like, um, but today there are still, I mean, the thing about that is, is like, even though you try to get rid of these religious or cultural roots, they never really go away. They're Mm -hmm. persistent. They persist. And um, to this day, like there are still shamans. Like I know of like Korean American women who are shamans who got ordained and, um, you know, like pursue a career as shamans and stuff. And the more I like study religion, I realize that like all of them is sort of headed in the same direction. Like no matter what religion it is, like they're all for the same goal, which is to alleviate human suffering. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like they all kind of seem the same to me. I don't really see a difference. So this religion that you speak of sounds like really fascinating because it's like, oh, like there's this sort of an amalgamation of these two rather than a separation. Oh. Yeah, although there is also a lot of like, um, like a little bit of witch hunting as well in that like, some people, there's a lot of fear and superstition and paranoia about like, people sending you mm-hmm. evil spirits and all that. And like, mm-hmm. allegedly, my grandmother was a witch, but then mm-hmm. Um, because like a lot of the siblings on my dad's side died, so they, they and they think it's like her, but right. I, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's also a culture that like whenever something bad happens, they kind of point the finger at someone, and be like, oh, it's a witch that's that's doing this, or someone's sending yeah. something evil. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know where like where I stand on my grandmother, <laughs> but like, I miss her. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No. People always need a reason. You know, like when, when misfortune falls, they always need a reason. They need Mm -hmm. some, they need an object to blame. They need to point at something and say, that's the reason. Yeah. More often than not, that's not the reason. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, but you know, that's how it goes. Like, um, also, I, I I have friends who, like, come from, like, I don't know, like, one's, like, Mexican, and she, like, grew up with a very Mexican family, and, like, a lot of these, like, bad sort of spirits or bad, like, juju or bad, like, curses and this and that, and, like, she grew up with around around that shit, and she's, like, I, I try to stay away from all of that stuff, 
completely, even if it has to do with like healing rituals and all of that, because I saw so many people like do these like, um, like black, black magic shit. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just interesting how like, um, how there's that too, like there's that element as well, right? Like, on the one hand, witches and shamans they're supposed to be healers right but then there's always this like other back channel shit where it's like oh it could be for for uh i don't know like an antagonistic purpose it's very Mm -hmm, interesting mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i i kind of um i kind of i basically left the church that i grew up in because i was just like this is a lot Mm. and um but at the same time i'm like it's something that i'm trying to figure out and learn more about because i feel like it's i guess it's something that i want to explore like in my writing and stuff so i'm like i guess i kind of got to go back in but i also don't want to talk to my mom about it you know i don't know know. i'm just kind of like i know the feeling (laughs) you know like maybe you don't need to talk to anybody about it you know because you grew up with it you have it in you it's your story as well it is your story because you were a part of that community and you know like whatever experiences that you have they are that's it and that's what you know so that's what you write and you can like i i when i hear about it in your stand-up which is like rare but it's like there i'm like oh like that's like really interesting i want to know more about that you know Mm -hmm. because it's like Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. from what we typically hear and um and it's interesting you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah but i do understand the feeling of like there's some trauma or there's like <laughs> bad vibes associated with it like yeah. the memory of it right mm-hmm. and it's hard to look back on it and dwell on it for too long because it's just agonizing is that it um I wonder if it's agonizing. I think actually like there's a part of me that's like very comfortable with it. But then there's, a, but then now as, as an older person, I'm like, there's also parts of it that are very like disturbing. So it's like, mm. it's like a mix, a mixture of both. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do you do any uh, other form of creative writing other than screenwriting and comedy writing? Do you like write um, essays or fiction? I not necessarily. I well, I I I I was I did do this draft of a novel in two thousand and nineteen and then I just did I, and then I and then I did like, That was a productive year. <laughs> yeah dude. That was a that was a productive year I guess. Like I <laughs> like you did so much. <laughs> but but then I, I I only recently just started looking at it again and I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm trying to figure out if there's like something there. But hmm. um but then I I guess I like journal but yeah I don't really I mean, I've done an essay or two, but like nothing, I don't know. I guess I'm still figuring it out. I guess I'm still figuring it out, but no, not, but formally, no, not really. I'm kind of screenplay, comedy writing, occasional mm. novel mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
occasional novel work. Yeah, and then, I mean, I like I'll I... write like a whole novel sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, it's really just the same novel I've been working on for like years. But um, oh. and and then I did do some like a little bit of uh like film review stuff, but it, okay, it was like a couple of times. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You should publish what? it. Publish that book. Yeah, I gotta. I just gotta. I gotta read through it. It's like a first draft. So I'm reading through it. And I'm like, oh my god, what was I? What? How? What is this sentence? And then also like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. So I got. I gotta go through it and then like figure mm. that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a noble feat to write a novel. It's. Uh, yeah, it's you've, not easy. You've written two, is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. One's published, the other one is, it's in a stage where you're at. Like okay. I, I gave it to two people to read. One of them sent me feedback last Friday. I have to go back and revise it. Another one, I'm still waiting on feedback from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sent some query letters to agents. Mm. So that's a whole nother process, like mm-hmm. finding an agent and mm-hmm. da da da. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I quite enjoyed this novel's process, the second one. It's very different from the first one. Mm-hmm. And my writing is very different compared to the first one. Um, I mean, there's like a 10-year gap from the first one and now. So, of course, it's different. But uh, I I enjoyed it. And it's also like very emotional like when i was writing it it was like very intensely emotional for me Mm. and when i go back and revise and as i'm reading it i I still i get emotional again as i that's good yeah yeah i think that's good i think that's a good thing yeah like uh one of my readers like she was like it it was hard to read sometimes because it was too sad and i had to like put it away for a little while and then I would come mm. back and it got too intense. But I was like, yeah, I mean, if I'm writing it while bawling my eyes out, like people who read it will probably, you know, have a similar response, you know? Yeah. And that could be a turnoff for some people. Like not everybody feels like crying when they're reading something or watching something. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I also, I just watch a lot of like melodrama on television and that's all like just weep, weepy shit, you know, like, Sometimes it's like almost to a fault. It's like, did you write this just so you could make somebody just <laughs> hysterically cry? Like mm-hmm. first two episodes in, like dying oh, crying. That's good. You know? That's good. Yeah. And I, it, you need to tell me what that show is because I'm trying. It's I'm intense. Trying to, I'm trying you want to cry? I, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to like watch stuff that makes me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Why do you have a hard time having an emotional? response uh this is a good question uh sometimes sometimes yes but Mm then yeah sometimes yes and then sometimes something random i'll we'll just like and then i'll be like Mm. you know all over the place floodgates yeah yeah but um i mean i guess like as I guess as an as an as an actor, it's something where I'm like I'm trying to get more comfortable exploring those emotions and trying to undo like the programming of like don't cry, be a man, oh, yeah. all, all that. Right, guys. right. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that yeah, that is unfortunately the thing that uh, men live with. They do have that. Yeah, I I didn't have that so much. Well, I was also like the older child, and um, you know, like they're just like, yeah, don't you know? My parents were like, you shouldn't really show, bury your emotions like that. But I'm a highly emotional person, you know. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's not so repressed. That's like the one thing I'm I'm aware of. Like with, with like a lot of women, sometimes they have difficulty with anger, like expressing anger. They can't express it. They can't get go there, but I have no problem with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I feel like from your stand up, I'm like, yeah, she is very comfortable with that. With that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no, no problem. There are a lot of women who struggle with that because of similar things like you're a woman and you should not be angry mm -hmm. you should never raise your voice so it's the opposite for men with crying yeah mm -hmm. fascinating so let's let's you already told me this like when i first met you but uh you before la you said you were in vancouver right yes or... i was in i was in well okay so i basically had two coming to LA situations. The first time was when I, after I finished uh, college and, uh, well, okay. Actually the first time was during college where I did mm -hmm. like a study abroad program in LA mm -hmm. and I interned. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second time was when I moved out to LA after graduating. Mm. And then I was out here until like so from 2010 to 2014 mm -hmm. and then my visa ran out so then i went mm -hmm. to uh canada for for about a nine months mm -hmm. and then i was in zimbabwe for like three years mm -hmm. and then i came back to la again mm -hmm. in, two, in 2018. Mm -hmm. so when did you move to canada then that was 2014. so for college Oh wait, no. So when I moved to Canada, it was not for college. It was after college. Oh. Uh, Canada was more. My visa, my visa ran out, but I was like, I'm not ready to go back to Zimbabwe yet. So let me go to Canada and try and see if I can figure something out. Oh, okay. So prior yeah. to Canada, you were just in Zimbabwe. Um. So I'm like, I'm making this so confusing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so prior to Canada, I had been in America since from from like 2006 to 2014. I was pretty much in America. Oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, was that is that to, to answer your question? <laughs> I'm just trying to get the timeline of Tatunga's oh, yeah, life. Oh yeah, yeah the timeline. The timeline is, okay, Zimbabwe from when I was zero to two, then three to five, England, sorry, mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. London, mm -hmm. and from five to 19, Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. and 19 to, uh, shit, tw like 27, mm -hmm. that was America, mm -hmm. uh, and then... 27 to 28 was Canada, then 28 mm. to 30 
was Zimbabwe, and then 31 mm. till now is LA. Mm. Holy shit. Man, you moved around a lot. But mm-hmm. it sounds like for the majority of your life, you were in the States. Yeah. 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 You're like mostly American culture. Yeah. Mostly. Mo- mostly. Yeah. 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 2006 to 2014. Like, where, yeah. where in the U.S. did you live other than L.A.? Ithaca, upstate New York. What? Bro. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Super, super rural. But it's also up, it's upstate New York, but there's a lot of people with like southern accents, which is interesting. It's like it's like Bakersfield, you know, like mm. yeah, it's it's California, but they have accents and guns and shit, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, 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 the clan had a, had a headquarters near Ithaca, but I couldn't. I I, don't, I can't tell. I can't tell if that was like a rumor that someone told me to to, to scare me or like. I could I could see that. <laughs> I. Okay, Ithaca. Ithaca is like a few hours north from um, Rockland County, but I went to high school in Rockland County, so okay. like, just like near near like Nyack, Nanuet, you know, about twenty mm-hmm. minutes outside of the city, and it's only twenty minutes outside of the city, and yet they were very racist over there and very conservative. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. interesting how like you just move a few feet outside of the urban area, and then suddenly everybody's just like. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like everything changes. Yeah, that was that was jarring. Yeah, <laughs> Ithaca. It must have been fucking freezing too, man. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, it was my first experience with. Well, it's not on my. I, I experienced snow when I was in England, but then mm. I guess it was. Yeah, it was. It was cold. And it was dark for most of the year. <sighs> yeah, upstate New York is super cold. Okay, then that answers my question, because I was going to be like, oh, you know, you study, like, I mean, you pursue acting and, like, filmmaking and comedy. It's like, why not New York? But now I see why not. Yeah, well, because of cold. But I I did, I mean, I spent, I did spend, I think, nine months in New York almost. Or was it seven? Okay. Seven months in New York, where I did, or I did like the comedy scene when I came yeah. back to America the second, yeah. third time. Okay, why didn't you stay? Um, I well, I figured that I'd be able to find work in LA because I had this was the first city that I worked in after college, so I figured it would be better to be to be in LA. And I think I was just basically running out of people to crash with. <laughs> so ah, like, yeah. I was couch yeah. surfing at the time, yeah. I hear that. Yeah, New, York's, <coughs> New York is super expensive. That's like the mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't know how it's like. A, I don't know how I'm getting by here. I just don't even think about it. But it's just yeah, I feel that. Right, you just manage it in Los Angeles somehow. Whereas mm-hmm. New York, it's like no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really like without a job, like a proper job in New York. I don't know. I was, I was basically just sleeping on people's couches and like eating their yeah. food. And... Yeah, it's impossible. It makes it impossible yeah. to live. Yeah, I'm not sure if I could ever go back. You know, for, like when I was when I first moved here, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go back to New York as soon as I finish my masters. I'm gonna I'm going back. No way. No way. No mm-hmm. way, no how. But I, but I still miss New I miss New York, though. I don't know why. I miss it. Yeah. It's it's hard to... I mean, it's it's an awesome city. 
it's a fun city you know mm-hmm. people are fun people are great food is great yeah mm-hmm. city's beautiful what are you gonna do it's got all this charms but i go back i go back once a year okay yeah. that's good i realize my box fan is featuring heavily in the video oh hi box fan hello hello man so are you are you working on anything like in terms of i don't know like like what's the goal what's like tatenda's like goal where were you trying to get to um (laughs) (laughs) i uh (laughs) i mean yeah i guess there's a couple of goals i think i'm just trying i'm trying to get to a place where i I can do stuff that i'm passionate about and like get paid paid well for it or be able to survive from it um i think that's that's a goal um i think you know be that because i guess i'm I'm doing a couple a different i'm doing like the comedy the screenwriting yeah acting i guess Uh i haven't really directed in a while but that's something that i'm interested in and then yeah um i do illustration stuff and that's kind of like i I did do some like animating work like during the pandemic oh but i haven't gone back into that i don't know i guess ideally Mm. like writing acting directing Mm -hmm. would be would be the main that would be it. That would be the, yeah, the doing that, doing that. That would be and then, the dream. And then, and then that would be the dream. And then I guess, and then doing, doing comedy as well as, as part of that. I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's sweet. I mean, I think uh, in LA, we we're all kind of like that, you know, it's like I consider myself a comedian first and foremost, but I I'm also very much a writer, and I'm also very passionate about filmmaking. And um, I'm not as confident as a screenwriter, but I do write screenplays, and mm-hmm. you know I am working on a pilot. And I feel like LA does make us that diligent, you know, because it's like you gotta sort of have it all ready to go because you just don't Mm -hmm. know when somebody's going to ask for what and what's going to land right Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean like in terms of that hierarchy like i mean do you consider yourself an actor first or comedian first or are they all kind of like the same for you same plane level man this is such a hard question uh well i would say it's almost like there's it's like a split, like a split personality almost, but they're all mm-hmm. connected. But like, um, I definitely identify as, as a comedian, mm. though I feel like a strong pull towards TV and film mm. as like a writer and performer. So that yeah. those so those kind of things are like sort of in the same sphere. Like I feel yeah. like comedy is something that's like very close to my heart. It's like something that I do. Like if I'm feeling horrible, I can go to an open mic and then feel better, which is yeah, 
Yeah. I guess, I don't know, depending on the type of mic, sometimes that doesn't always happen, but like, <laughs> you, yeah. you know. Sometimes it makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it makes it worse. But like, I feel like comedy is like, when I, like when I was in Zimbabwe and like, I, I don't know, I don't know if rock bottom is the right word, but I was like, what the fuck? I, you know, I would do comedy and then feel like, oh, okay. I, oh. you know, like this is, this will, like I would get antsy if I didn't do like I understand comedy like after a certain amount of time mm -hmm. so I think it's like a it's like a sanity thing yes mm -hmm. um okay. and then the writing I'm uh still figuring out I you know like had a couple of gigs here and there and a couple of like uh close calls with some fellowships i'm in a i'm in a like a fellowship right now mm -hmm. um so that's something where i'm like i love it but i'm also like man i, I want to get like i want to write i want to I, ba I basically want to write like the shows that like fuck me up i want to be able to write like that so i'm still trying to like yeah find my way there uh-huh and um what's one show that fucks you up uh well, I guess most recently, like all of us, all of us are dead. Have you seen that show? No. It's a it? Korean high school zombie drama. Oh, uh, I think yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was just like, um, it's another Korean zombie thing, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't feel drawn to it because there's so many. But uh, yeah. that that was a okay. So you were into it, okay? I was into that um i'm into like uh the anime demon slayer i don't know if, if you mm -hmm. are you into anime okay. um anime no i like animation though okay yeah. okay yeah it's different like the anime demon slayer is really good okay um um there's another korean show uh, our beloved summer Oh, I love that yeah. show. Yeah, that's a uh -huh. great fucking show. Yeah. 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 yeah I just it's finished a good it. Show. That, was, that was good. If you feel like if you feel like crying, then you should watch Thirty Nine. Okay. Thirty Nine. Yeah, that'll make you cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. I, need I was that. just I like, need that. I was like watching it while working out. And I'm like snot and like tears. It's like so much. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And then I also I was also I also really enjoyed. Um, spider-man no way no way home mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. that was like i thought just like really well directed and i was i remember sitting in the theater and mm. feeling like i really want to make something like that and feeling like i was like <laughs> i was almost having a tantrum like why can't i make something yeah. like that right yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah it you were inspired yeah. i was inspired yeah i was inspired yeah That's and i the think feeling. the most the nostalgia mm -hmm. as well of like Tobey Maguire because when, when I was a teenager I lent I lent this Spider-Man DVD that my sister had sent from Australia to this guy and he just never gave it back I think he sold it or something that and is like a really fun. what that's like such a far away loan like yeah all the way in Australia what the fuck 
He's in Australia. Yeah, well, he could get his well, own fucking DVD. No, sorry, sorry. My sister was in Australia. My the friend oh, was in Zimbabwe. She was in Australia. Okay, I thought your sister was in Zimbabwe and she loaned it to a guy in Australia. I was like, yeah. why would she do that? That's such a far yeah, no, away no. loan. It was it was me that that yeah. lent to someone, and then I think it was just like this thing where people would be like trying to be hustlers and they would like sell anything like sell dvds or do whatever so i think he just figured i was like some dumb kid who he could do like take you know borrow dvd and then sell it and then he and which he did so i guess i kind of was that dumb kid but <laughs> yeah um, yeah you were that little punk yeah i was that punk but um i still oh. i still like hold on to that grudge and um but anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> wait what were you talking about the nostalgia <laughs> the nostalgia of spider-man yeah, yeah, that really affected me. Um, yeah. Uh, what else is really... Well, well, that's an interesting, like, superhero. A lot of people love Spider-Man. I personally don't get Spider-Man. But, like, mm. what's the appeal of Spider-Man? Like, why is he your go-to hero? Um, is he my go-to? Yeah, who's your, your, like, superhero? The one that you're like, yeah, this is the one uh man that's so hard because there's so many but um really? i really like the i really like the first iron man oh and um <laughs> like i like i that first movie is so good and then i also mm. like i also growing up we had like i had this captain america vhs cartoon so i'm so it's like I'm kind of I'm kind yeah. of into Captain America. I don't want to lie. Like I love Winter wow. Soldier. I also like Black Panther. Oh yeah. But um, if I'm like brutally honest, I think I like Captain America and Spider Man a bit more than Black Panther. Although that Black Panther movie did did also I did cry quite a lot in that movie. It's a um, good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, but I think the appeal with Spider-Man for me is I watched it a lot as a kid and then also just, I, I'm actually wondering if they're like, what, what is the appeal? Or is it just that I watched it from a young age? I think the, the flight, the flight aspect, there's something about mm. the fact that the way that he moves, that's kind of mm -hmm. like, like pure escapism. Um, so yeah. that flight sensation is a thing. And then I think also just like a, I guess he's a regular guy, but I feel like I'm sort of parroting what I read somewhere, but I guess, I don't know if this is the appeal for me, but I, maybe this is the appeal for other people that he's just like a regular guy trying to deal with like a lot of larger than life problems. Um, uh -huh. so yeah. that is, that is kind of relatable. I don't know. That's a good, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's all valid. Like, usually when we encounter something at a certain age, usually that adolescent age, that stays with us, like, mm -hmm. our whole lives, you know, that impression stays with us. And, um, yeah, like, the heroes that we encounter during that period, um, they're very darling to us, you know, so I think I understand mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think also his attitude, like in some of the, in the few comics like, that, like Zimbabwe didn't really have comics. You get, so you get like one random comic and then like n none other of that series. But um, yeah, like from the comics and the cartoon, like his attitude, like the way, like his commentary felt very familiar. He was kind of like, 
there was a there's like a comedian comedicness to it like the way he talks to the people that he's dealing with mm. um which was kind of i think relatable to me yeah 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 there's perhaps he's he's maybe a little more light-hearted yeah compared to like yeah I don't know, Batman, for instance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do love Batman as well, which is, I don't know. I like, I, I, I feel like, I like all, I like all these heroes that are all white, which is kind of funny to me. And it's like, <laughs> cause I, like, I'm like, I love these white heroes. I guess, you know, like that's how I was socialized, but it is kind of funny to me. I'm like, man, I really care about these white heroes. I don't know. Who's, who's your hero? Who's like your. I love Batman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that uh, he's dark and brooding, and mm. I like that he's super fucking rich, and <laughs> yeah. I I like that he's miserable despite his wealth, and uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like I like his cool aspect. He's got some cool to him. He's got or, some super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very cool like very detached, you know? And I like that. I like that sort of like, I'm like, oh, you're fucked up, huh? Like, I like that. Mm. That's the appeal for me. Um, he's never happy. Like, mm. happiness is always like, is just so elusive. Happiness is like, like, oh, he can like maybe like have her or catch him and they get away, always. You know, mm. like uh, there was this Warner Brothers animated series, Batman, in the 90s that I watched yeah, yeah, when I was I a watched, kid. Yeah. yeah, I watched that. So good. Like every episode, he like, <laughs> there would be every once in a while, some hot chick would like show up in his life and he'd be like, oh, like I'm finally going to be happy. I'm like, yes, Batman, you deserve to be happy. And then like she either dies or like Joker does something like she's a scam or she's fucking Catwoman. It like it never works out, you know. It's always just so like out of reach for him always and it's like mm. Mm, I don't know there's something about that that particular journey that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Feels mm. like the artist's journey kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I do. I do love Batman. I do love yeah, Batman. everybody loves Batman. Uh, and it's like when I try to when sometimes people are like, "Oh, is it Batman or Superman?" I'm like, "It's Batman." That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Batman. Superman. Super Superman. I, mean, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just have <laughs> nightmares about Superman. When I, I think I watched his first movie. <laughs> oh my the, gosh! One of the uh, Christopher Reeves was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have wow. nightmares about it. Yeah, and super Superman's just always been kind of off for me. I just don't. It's a little annoying. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. There's something so tad annoying. It's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, it's like there's like a recent Superman movie, but I forget the guy's name who even gives a shit. But I know Amy Adams is in it. Oh, Henry and... Cavill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. He's like a good-looking guy, but like his acting and everything, I'm just like I don't you're just so like bland. I don't know. Like mm, I, I couldn't remember. I could see that. Yeah. Couldn't remember anything about the film or about him, but uh I remember this one scene. It's like him and Amy Adams are like involved. And Amy Adams is like taking a bath and he's like <laughs> and he gets in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> shoes and all shoes yeah. and all dude was i remember like, that scene i remember that scene, it was though. that's the only thing i remember about that movie i don't remember <laughs> anything else about that movie i just remember that because i was like if if my man did that holy shit would i flip out like how can you get into the tub with your fucking shoes on are you crazy i was so angry at that scene so yeah, I guess I don't like Superman because he's fucking stupid. I think Superman, I think he just too he's too overpowered. He's just too powerful. Yeah. But I actually won't lie, I did I did kind of like Man of Steel. And yeah. I actually did did quite enjoy Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh-huh. I I actually enjoy yeah. the shit out of that movie. Although like, yeah. a lot of people hate it. I don't I, it was just The one with Ben Affleck? Yes. And um, and Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, yeah, this yeah. is a this is a thing. So when I was at UCLA, I was taking a producer's development class, and they mm. gave us an early draft of Batman versus Superman as a script to Ooh. analyze. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What? They're gonna do this? <laughs> Batman or Superman? They're gonna do this? Whoa!" And uh, yeah, I saw an earlier draft. It was initially Superman, Batman, and I think Green Lantern was in there. Is Green Lantern in like? Anyway, it was like yeah, yeah, he's I, DC. I can't remember. I can't remember, but it was there was a lot going on. I was like, okay, it's a thing. Uh, I think Ben Affleck as Batman is just fine. Like, I'm not into it per se. I think for me, my favorite Batman was um... Bale. No. Keaton. Yes. Yes. He was my favorite I need, Batman. I need to rewatch those movies. I think I'm. I was just because I don't remember any 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 key yeah. Batman. Tim Burton directed them. Mm. That's a good one. I mean, whoa, holy shit! Tim Burton, fucking Michael Keaton, fucking Danny DeVito, fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Penguin. Fucking. Uh. With uh, Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and fucking Prince doing the music, oh, it's it's a work of art. The All Michael right, Keaton Batman films. I gotta relook at this. Work of um, art. I also so I I met. Okay, so Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> I thought he was solid. I thought I liked the action. Actually, I thought the uh-huh. action, the fighting. In that movie was better than the Christian Bale movies, mm. but I do think I like Bale's Batman. I think I also was a bit partial to Affleck's Batman because I, I guess I'm like a Ben Affleck fan because I met him once and I'm like I don't. Know. That's why you like Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's Maybe. all coming into alignment. Okay, that's it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, but I, I mean, I liked Jennifer Garner before, you know, Ben Affleck was all up. I guess it is connected. Maybe it is connected. Well, I mean, Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck met on the set of Daredevil when Ben Affleck was mm. Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have also met Jennifer Garner. That's awesome. Wow. How like what She's, were they like? They're just so nice. And, yeah. Um, 
Ben was like, oh, Zimbabwe's cool, I want to go there. Like, he was talk I think he said he was trying to go there or work on a project related to it or something. Huh. And uh, Jennifer was just super nice. I can't, I can't remember what she said specifically. <laughs> but She just looks like a smile, like a smiley lady. Like, she would smile a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. She has a great smile. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. probably would offer you cookies that she just baked. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. I think I followed her very, <laughs> I, I followed her very briefly on Instagram and I was like, man, this bitch bakes, like she baked like. Yeah, she's in the kitchen a lot. She's like, a just lot. So, yeah, like she, she's so a homemaker. Like, she's a homemaker, just very like positive. Yeah. Which, which yeah. I find like, it's almost to an absurd extent, but which is why I think it's like, I just find her kind of funny in a way. But yeah, you know, like I, but I still, you know. It is funny. Know. It's funny because like she has to be like so fucking positive and bright and Ben Affleck was like an alcoholic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, and then, it's opposite attracts maybe, I don't know. Yeah, man. That's something I don't want to do. Like, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about like positive thinking and stuff yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like when I encounter people who are just very uh how do you say very committed to their negative state you know mm. like for instance like i was talking to a comic he's going through i haven't seen him in a few months and i went to his mic recently and he was like oh like i i, I can't find employment and i don't know about rent and, da, da, da. and i was like oh like what about unemployment he's like i don't know about that it's not working out. and then uh i was like you know when i feel like shit like that i try to focus on what i have you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm like, so for instance, you have a really hot wife. He's like, oh no, she divorced me. I was like, oh, God. oh. oops. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and then, and then uh, uh, I was like, yeah, I haven't seen you in a minute. So shit, a lot of, ha a lot's happened to you. That's I was like, lot, well, yeah. I was like, well, I mean, you know, you have, you're wearing an awesome jacket. That's a cool jacket, you know? And he's like, yeah, I got this from the job that fired me. And I was oh, like, God. yeah. Oh yeah. That it, oh, so see, it's like, it's like, no matter, <clears throat> no matter what I say, he's, yeah, he's going to insist on his position. Right. And then I was like, kind of thinking about this phrase that like people are saying in the zeitgeist, which is toxic positivity. And I'm like, I almost, I'm like trying to work a bit on it, but it's like, Negative people are so, so committed to their negativity that even when you mention something positive, they're going to call it toxic, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and uh, it's like, all right, oh, yeah. like they're even going to take something that can't be negative, which is a positive, and they're going to call it toxic. They're going to add, like, they're going to make it a disease. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, a person like that can't be helped because they, they're choosing not to be helped in the moment, you know? Mm. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, I, I can't let myself get dragged down by this shit. I just kind of, I just got to let them be where they're at. And, you know, I keep going, you know, in my own yeah. way. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes when you're in the hole, it's hard to get out the hole. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's many reasons for people to be in the hole. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it is tricky. It's tricky. It is so yeah. hard. And I know what it's like to be in the hole. I think we all do, right? Like doing the kind of work that we do where so many things are up to somebody else's decision. It's it's hard to maintain faith and it's hard to not feel like crap, you know. But you know, some somehow like we're supposed to manage that. We're supposed to manage the feeling. We're supposed to manage the thought and continue we persist Mm -hmm. nonetheless you know yeah in fact during the times when i feel like like at my absolute worst right is when i end up painting some of my best stuff you know interesting yeah because like the words go away it's like if i keep talking i'm gonna keep complaining so i can't so i'm gonna draw something and then i'll draw and then it's like usually my best work and and then I feel a little better, you know? So it's like, sometimes it's, it's not even up to our intention. It's just like the way we are. It's like kind of trusting in the essence of who we are. Like it just knows how to manage and navigate. And it's interesting when I just allow myself to do that, you know, mm-hmm. rather than dig, dig my heels in and be like, well, let me count the ways that things are not working out for me, right? Mm-hmm. Which is easy to do easy to do when it bums bums a person out bums me out yeah yeah that's cool that you draw i also like to draw when i'm like what do i do i draw i watch anime i i try and i try and i try and stay grateful and then yeah i wonder if it's like i don't know if it's i think maybe it's one of the good things of growing up in like the church kind of i guess i call it it's like a church cult but i think i I do i feel like i have this sense of faith Mm -hmm. about things and um yeah i have the faith and then sometimes it's like oh fuck i don't know what's happening what's going on i was was talking Mm -hmm. about to my therapist about and she was like well things always work out you know so you've been fine up till now, so you're going to be fine. So it's like, okay. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, that's the other, like, aspect. It's like, when you feel like shit, you count the things that you have. You count gratitude. And the other thing is, look at the moments where things have worked out. You know? Mm-hmm, be like, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I have evidence of this. This has worked out for me. This has happened to me. So why wouldn't more of those things happen to me? You know? Yeah. And it's hard to remember it when you feel like crap, but it's like, oh, when you need, when you want to, it's like, oh, you know what? I kind of don't feel like feeling like crap right now. What can I do? It's like a tool. It's like, oh, I could do this, you know? Yeah. Um, I think as long as we're open to that as a thing, it's like, oh, if there's a tool that will help me feel better then I want to know, I want to have it. I think that openness does generate or manifest the good things. You know, it's the opposite Mm. from being like, well, I'm going to insist that I am in a shitty place right now. Mm. You know, Mm. Mm. that's very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. I do this with uh, all of my podcast episodes, but um, uh, I ask a series of flashcard questions based on a show, like a specific K-drama. And then you just like improvise your answers like what you what would you do if you were this person in this situation okay okay so the show i'm going to talk about is called dinner mate 
and uh, came out like a year or two ago. Uh, very, very good looking, attractive cast members. Yeah. Um, so it's called Dinner Mate. Okay. Okay. Let's say you're an online content producer named Tohi, and you go on a trip to an island to meet your boyfriend. And you think he's going to propose because he's like inviting you to an island, like, you know, like there's a house, like nice dinner. You're like, your expectations like up here. It's like, oh, he's going to propose. But instead, you find him kissing a flight attendant. What do you do? Yo, uh, I, I would like just pull them apart and be like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> I just feel like I'd get on the, I'd like get, get enough of the, um, there's okay. The flip side, my horny mind is like, well, maybe, maybe there's some, uh, Maybe he's trying to spice up the relationship. So. Yeah. Yeah. So like. You join them. I, I could join them. I could join them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two possibilities. Two, yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Let's say you're, you're somebody else now. Okay. Let's say okay, you're okay. a psychiatrist. You're a male okay. psychiatrist named Hei Kyung. And you see a really attractive woman throwing chicken at a man, screaming at him, and throwing a fit in public. What do you do? Um, <laughs> I want to know whether it's grilled chicken or fried chicken. Like, what kind of chicken is this? Because throwing away food is like... Yeah. I, I have this... Um, oh, man, this is horrible. When I was a kid, we used to, like throw chicken on the floor and this guy I think he had some sort of mental handicap at my grandmother's estate he would like just pick up the chicken and eat it oh my god um, I don't know if that's relevant in any way but uh, I'd be like stop throwing food I, I think I try to get it to calm down and try to understand oh. like what's what's happening uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, good. Okay. All right. Let's say, wow. Yeah, that's that your chicken story is very much still like impressed in my mind. Like, mm, whoa. Mm, yeah. Okay. Throw it into the dirt. Holy into shit. And you wanted to just see if he would eat it, right? Like that, that he, was the fun. That was And the he fun. would, yeah. I, w- I, w- yeah. I was like eight or nine. Yeah. That's my oh, excuse. Wow. Yeah. But really, we we were terrible people, I think. Yeah, you were a child. It's okay. I was a child. I guess I was a kid. Let me take and that also, back. I'm trying to be more positive. I wasn't terrible. Yeah. I was just a kid. You were just a child. <clears throat> also, he he got some chicken in the end. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Whatevs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's say you're the girl again. You're Tohi again, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't know Toei was a girl, but okay, I can be a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Toei's a girl. She's a chick. All right, so the the online content producer. Okay. You're Toei again. Your ex-boyfriend from many years ago. Many, many years ago. Not not even the island ex-boyfriend. Different guy. Chehee. I mean, Chehyeok. His name's Chehyeok. He suddenly reappears in your life. But back back several years ago, when he was breaking up with you, he just dumped you via text. 
All right. You guys were dating for a long time, but he just dumped you via text. Just told you that he's moving to America and just vanished for years. And suddenly he's back in town in your life. And he's like, I want you back. What do you do? Um, I, I would be like, I would, I would be upset that he just left. I, I think I want to know like why, like, is there a reason why he just like, I guess he went to America for opportunity, you know, like, can I hold that against him? But still like he could have mm. told me in person. So I think I'd be like upset. I'd be upset by that. Uh -huh. Um, but, um, I think I would be curious to know why, like he wants me back. I think I'd be oh. curious to know. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't completely write him off. No, because I think I've, I've had situations. I think because of having left Zimbabwe, I've definitely like left in the middle of things. And I, and mm. it's just sometimes you just kind of have to go because the window mm -hmm. to go it's like the mm -hmm. visa and everything is lining up and you have, and you happen to have the money for the flight. And it's just like, fuck you right. out. Right. So I've, I've had a couple of people who are like mad. They're like, you just left. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, sometimes you just have to. Gotta go. Gotta go. I understand. So yeah, I'd be open. I'd be open to, you know, to an explanation, to an explanation. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's good. That's very generous of you. Okay, let's say uh, you're the psychiatrist again, Hegyung. Okay, mm -hmm. hey, you see Tohi's ex-boyfriend Chehyuk causing accidents on purpose to get injured so that he can get attention from his ex-girlfriend Tohi, and you see this from afar. What do you do? Um, I think I would let Tohi know. Mm. that he's doing this because I feel like that's really unhealthy. Yeah. Like narcissistic, maybe. I don't know if that's the right term. But like, it's kind of like like the like an extreme, like when people hurt themselves, try and get attention is like an extreme, like I feel like that's destructive. Yeah. So I would let I would let her know, and I would I would try and be like I maybe I would try and counsel him, mm. and be like, "Yo, man, you know this isn't. You know you gotta. I think t to love somebody, you need to be able to value yourself. And I feel like he's not valuing himself, even though yeah. I'm still figuring out what well, like what that really means. But I'm like I feel like that's. I would try and get him to not do that. Maybe oh. I don't know. Are these the right answers? Are these the kind of answers that you want? I don't know if it's if I'm being dramatic enough. Oh, like it's great. <laughs> it's great. And yeah, I think uh, I think you're touching on something um, important here, like how to care for yourself or how to yeah, how to be kind to your own self, right? It's like, well, how do you do that? Like, what is self love? What is self care? You know, and mm. uh, lately, like it's i used to like wonder that in a very angry sort of way be like the fuck is it like how are you supposed to do that you know but now i'm starting to understand it's like oh when i write down like my intentions for the day and those intentions are good you know 
or if I like write something down before I go to sleep, like, oh, I, you know, I want to have a nice dream tonight, or I want to be able to have a peaceful rest tonight, or I want to think about the good things that are headed my way tonight. And it's like, I'm writing this down because this is an act of self-care and self-love. That's really cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if we just emphasize that that's what that is, then that is what it is, right? Then, then we know what our practice of self-care and self-love is. And I think you're right. Like to tell a person who's doing that, be like, when you're injuring yourself, that's, or harming yourself intentionally, that is the opposite of self-love and self-care, you know, alerting mm. them to that, I think. I think that's good. Yeah, I had a this guy in high school. I don't know if I could even talk about this, but I'm not mm. going to use his name. But yeah, he, like basically, I knew somebody who was like threatening to commit suicide if, because mm-hmm. when someone broke up with them, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, that's like really intense. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm also like learning self care things. Sometimes I'm like I feel like I'm better at. It. Other times I'm like, where am I? Where am I? But I'm yeah, just to, yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I I think making certain choices, right? Like whether it's during the during the course of the day or more long term kind of things. You know, like. Like I stopped drinking alcohol and like I stopped smoking pot and I did it because I wanted to show myself that I care about myself, you know, Mm. like those are little choices that we make, you know, like today I'll have a salad, you know, because that's an act of self care. Other days Mm. though, I'll eat 500 cookies and I'm like, oops. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, like the food stuff, sometimes I'm almost like, dreading i'm like jesus christ what the fuck am i gonna have for dinner like, what what am i doing what am i doing i have like i have like a lot of chicken from this um leftover from this person's get together and i've been so i ate that yesterday and i'm like okay today i should probably oh. i need to, i need to buy fruit i need to do that i need to like yeah. yeah yeah do all that isn't that funny you know being healthy is work mm. Being healthy is hard work, but if it's an act of love for the self, mm. are we willing to put in that work? Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's also mm. kind of like sometimes, sometimes our moms didn't feel like fucking cooking. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, okay, that's okay, mother. It's like, we got to give that appreciation to our internal mother. Be like, all right, tonight, mama doesn't feel like cooking. Yeah, I think, well, we had a maid growing up, actually, and my, my mom just, my mom would rarely cook. <laughs> like, maybe, like, I could count on my hand the number of times she cooked, and it was amazing, yeah. but most times it was, yeah. like, the, the maid. Well, just... then transfer to the maid. Be like, all right, some days our maid didn't feel like fucking cooking, you know? I mean, but she had to, because it was her job. <laughs> like, she didn't have a choice. <laughs> but there were some days when it's just like she didn't fucking feel like it. And that's cool. That's all right. Loved her nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's say you're Tohi again. Okay. You and this psychiatrist guy are now dating. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and you and your psychiatrist boyfriend are alone together and he leans in to make a move and as he's approaching your face your doorbell rings what do you do uh i i make out with him oh okay i make out with him you're I, like, let the, I let the doorbell ring for a bit yeah you're like i yeah, yeah. that can wait that can wait yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. then once i'm once i'm sated <laughs> when i've had enough of that viscous <laughs> mouth then i'm like okay i should probably check the door <laughs> yeah could be postmates or something yeah Okay, very good. All right, final question. You're Tohi again, you're the chick. And uh, you find out that your ex-boyfriend, Chehyuk, the reason why he disappeared for years without saying anything to you is because he was having an emotional and mental breakdown because he was diagnosed with a severe mental illness and he didn't have the courage to say any of this to you. He just left to get treatment in the States. And now he's back and he just wants you back. But you're a totally different person. And you're with this other dude. But now you have this explanation. And and Cheok is standing in front of you, basically stalking you and saying he wants you back. What do you do? Fuck, that's so hard. <laughs> Who, who's who's hotter, Chehuk or the psychiatrist? Oh, the psychiatrist is way hotter, way like hands down. Oof! <laughs> Holy shit! Um, I think uh, I I you know I have a soft spot for people dealing with mental illness. So I think I would like I would be like. Can we like spend time together and see if there's like still oh like a spark of any kind? Wow. Because we both changed as people, but like I think I'm like you know, I'll, I I would I would forgive like the uh, it would I mean it would be very painful, but like no, with that explanation, I think I would forgive I would I can forgive that. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you do have a soft spot. You're you have a soft heart. You're a softy. Am I softy? Mm. Yeah, you I'm are. Softy. <laughs> <laughs> I know if it's right. a good or bad thing. Who knows? I don't know. No, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. All right, this was fun. Thank you, Tatenda. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome.